Good morning, I'm Ed Pozzuoli, CEO of Trip Scott, and again, we have another version of our webcast, and today we're joined by our old friend, uh, Steve Moore. As you know, Steve is uh, the key economic advisor for the Trump administration, and Steve, welcome. Thanks for having me back to Trip Scott. It's a pleasure. Uh, uh, and what a great state this is of Florida. You know, everybody in the country wants to move here. The free state of Florida, as we call it. <laughs> it is. Um, in talking about that, we have now experiencing inflation, and uh, it's, it's it's hurting the worst. Uh, it's the worst inflation and and you know growth and Decades. whatnot yeah. since the late seventies. Right. Uh, what, what's causing that? Well, first of all, I think you and I are probably around the same age, so I, I remember the inflation of the seventies. I don't know. If I you do. do. <laughs> I do. And it was, you know, it was terrible. Every time you would go to the store, things, you remember, they, this is before they had barcodes, so they put multiple sticker prices on things because the price kept going up. And I feel like I'm living in, through that again, don't you? I mean, and you see it when the gas prices and you're seeing it in the grocery prices. I, I think there are two fundamental factors behind the inflation. Um, one is that um, we, you know, obviously just spending and borrowing trillions and trillions of dollars that we don't have and, and the Fed is printing the money to pay for it. And inflation is pretty simple, right? It's when you pour more money into an economy like that, you know, you're going to cause inflation. And this is what, you know, this is what third world countries do, you right. know, when they get into a debt crisis. And so it's got to stop. And we've added about three to four trillion dollars of debt already just since Biden has been president. So those are enormous you know, pressures on the economy. Uh, thank God, by the way, that we were able to block this Build Back Better. I call it the Build Back Broker Bill because it would have bankrupted our country. But um, so that, you know, I think most Americans understand that. You can't just keep borrowing, right? You can't just keep running up your credit card and hoping that story has a happy ending. But the Fed also deserves a lot of blame here. They've been behind the curve for nine or 10 months. They should have been raising rates. Uh, remember, think about the narrative here, both from the Biden administration and the Fed. I mean, first, when inflation started to emerge in early 2021. It was transitory. It, well, yeah, first they, they said. first they said, oh, there's no inflation, you're just making it up. Then when it, when, we, when it was um, 6 or 7%, well, it's transitory, that was their word, as you said. Uh, temporary, it's going to go away. And then, you know, by October, November, it was pretty clear as the forest fire was getting worse that, that the uh, rising prices weren't transitory. And... Um, you know, now the Fed is using the term entrenched because that's what's worrisome. And I view inflation as like a snowball rolling down a hill. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger if you don't if you don't stop it. And here's my biggest worry right now is when you get inflation. Do you remember the recession we had in 1982? Remember that? That was barely yes. Uh, it was hor It was the right because Reagan put the brakes. Just, up, yeah, right. it just crushed. Well, Volcker and Volcker was the right. chairman of the Fed, and, and Reagan gave him because we just sweated the inflation out of the system, but it caused a lot of havoc, a lot right. of hardship for right. people. And then the economy, once we got the inflation out, so we're gonna have to wring that inflation out again. And the longer you let it, per, let it perpetuate, the harder it's gonna be to get rid of the inflation. So let's act now. But Steve, the, the, what people don't understand, I think, is that inflation is also essentially an aggress regressive tax. That's on, a great point. I mean, on, the, on those who are There's least no fortunate. I mean, the, the, I mean, what are you seeing as far as what is really being prices that are being inflated it's energy and other things i mean i don't know how some folks on either whether it's a fixed income or a lower middle income americans are having difficulty you know putting fuel in their car so yeah the term i use for inflation it's the unkindest tax because you're right it you know for people who are making you know 
high six figures or millionaires and billionaires, if the price of gasoline goes up, it doesn't affect that much, right? I'm sure Warren Buffett isn't losing sleep about the price of gasoline, right. but you know, for the person you know, living on a $30,000, $50,000 income, now you're paying $20, $25 more every time you fill up your tank. Yeah, that, ca that causes a squeeze on these family uh, budgets. And then you go to the grocery store and instead of spending you know, $100, you spend $125. That's just what it does is it shrinks the paycheck, the purchasing power of Americans. And I, I think you're spot on correct that it is a tax. So when Biden runs around the country saying, I didn't raise tax on anybody made less than 400000 every time you go to the store, every time you go to the gas pump, you're paying what I call the BIT, the Biden inflation tax. That's interesting. The What can we do to kind of squeeze inflation out? I mean, obviously, yeah. the president says we should pass Build Back Better. Yeah. Well, that's absurd, right? I mean, that's laugh, laughable to say that. You know, uh, that's basically giving a cancer patient a, you know, pack of Camel cigarettes. Um, I think most Americans understand why we have this inflation. It's because we're spending and borrowing and printing too much money. It's, again, this isn't complicated. And so, we, what is the solution? We have to stop the spending. We should, you know, we should. Uh, cut government, every government program right now by 10%, just across the board. I mean, we've massively increased government. You know, we've massively, by trillions and trillions of dollars. When I came, first came to Washington in 1985, for the first time, this was under Reagan, we had a trillion dollar budget, okay? And we were kind of embarrassed by that, a trillion dollars. Right. You know what the budget is now? Seven trillion. Think about that, 35 years, we've gone from one trillion to seven trillion dollar budget? And they do so much more for us after. <laughs> exactly. What are we getting for our money? Right. Uh, except, you know, massive amount of fraud in these programs. So um, we've got to, we've got to uh, you know, as one of my friends said, all I want from government right now is less of it. And I thought that that's exactly what we need. Less government, less taxes. I am worried because most of the things that Biden is talking about could actually make the inflation problem worse. And the other, by the way, the other contributing factor to this, as you and I were talking about earlier, is the uh, war on American energy that Biden has launched. And this is causing energy, because the biggest single component of the consumer price index in terms of rise in prices is energy. Right. They're up by 40% in a year. Well, guess what? I mean, you understand this is a businessman. If, if your energy costs go up, everything else yeah, everything goes up goes in cost. So why aren't we producing more energy here at home? When Trump, one of the things I was proudest about having served with Trump when Trump left office, we were, we were not only energy independent, we were actually exporting oil and gas. Today, we're actually, did you know right now we're actually importing oil from Russia? Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? Even today with the war. Yeah. So, but what separates, uh, obviously that condition you just talked about, the war on, on American energy and why don't we, by the way, why don't we, why don't we declare war on Russian energy? <laughs> why don't we <laughs> that's declare not a war bad on idea. our own energy? Yeah, that's the question. And, and, but it's caused, it, it, does it have a cause and effect? Does that war on American energy have a cause and effect with respect to Russia invading Ukraine? Yes. I mean, I truly believe that if Donald Trump were president today, there's no way that Putin would have invaded Russia. Why do you say that? Because number one, um, as Reagan used to say, and Reagan is one of, Reagan and Trump are two of my favorite presidents. Um, Reagan used to say it very simply, weakness is provocative. After the disaster of Afghanistan, what did that show the rest of the world? Yeah. We were weak. I hate to say that as American, you know, we right. need to be strong. And that, that I think emboldened Putin, don't you? Yeah. You know, and, and so he saw What the other message could he take from it? Exactly. And then you have the added problem that 
how is, think about this, how is the Russian war machine funded? It's petrodollars, right? Right, right? That's all they got. It's 40% of their economy is, is petrodollars. You know, basically Russia is a third world country with a lot of oil and gas. By the way, Putin owns a lot of those oil fields. You know, he's stolen them, and so he's basically becoming the richest person in the world. So I think the single most important and urgent action right now for the United States, let's just, you know, drill, baby, drill. Let's, let's produce our oil, our gas, our coal, our nuclear power, our, our uh, when appropriate, our hydropower, solar wind. Let's use it all. Because then we don't have to import. We don't have to send money to these countries like Saudi Arabia and Iran and Russia. But John Kerry was concerned about the Green New Deal being impacted by this Russia aggression yeah. in Af and Ukraine. So a lot of people are surprised by this. But the, do you know what country in the last five years um, has reduced its carbon emissions the most? The U.S.? We have. Yeah, we have. You know how? Because we're using a lot more natural gas. Now Biden's not allowed. If you want to reduce the amount of carbon emissions in the atmosphere, you shift away from coal towards natural gas, which the United States has been doing, but now he's not building the pipelines. He's not laying, allowing the LNG terminals. Think about this, if we, we, what we should be doing right now, we should be pumping that natural gas, transport it through the pipelines, get it to Houston and other ports, LNG terminals there, and then putting on tankers and exporting it to Western Europe. So they're not dependent on, you see what I'm saying? Yep. But we're not doing any of that. And so that's made Europe hostage to Russia for their oil. So that would be one step uh, from an economic standpoint mm -hmm. that we could do to deleverage Europe. Yes. Uh, By the way, the Europeans are not blameless in this. No. They've, they've you know, made a lot of mistakes in terms of, I mean, Trump five years ago was warning them, don't become dependent on Russia. Right. <laughs> don't forget the lessons of history, and they did, and they're paying a high price for that now too. What are the economic measures can we do to, to impact Russia's behavior? Uh, well, one of the things that's happening right now, and the reason I think Russia is ultimately going to fail, and maybe more quickly, is because the ruble is just crashing right, right now. Right. So what's happening is the Russian citizens are going to face real... I mean, there was a run on Russian banks. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So I, don't, I, I think that you know, uh, Putin is in a really bad position right now, and I, I don't think he's going to triumph. And by the way, God bless the Ukrainians, the way they are street corner to street corner fighting these tanks and this war machine. Um, but there's only so long they can hold on. Well, you're probably right, although there's only so long that the Russian economy can even function with a ruble that's crashing, with people protesting in the streets there. Um, we have to be strong, we have to balance our budget, we have to, let's, let's you know, go to a flat tax, let's just do all the things that are necessary. We had, you know, when Trump left office, you know, uh, we were coming out of the uh, pandemic, economy was re really ready to explode. Um, you know, we've, the stock market's done, you know, fairly well over this period, but for the real economy, small businesses have really taken a hit. That's one of the things I think that's been unfair about the way we've responded to the pandemic, is we allowed the Walmarts and the Googles Amazons and the and Apples and the Amazons right. to stay in business, but the hardware store down, the little, you know, Joe's hardware store, we shut them down. Right. Now, can you explain from a health point of view why we did that? I can't. <laughs> I can't we, we, we live in Florida, so most of that- Yeah, well, that's it, right. I mean, that's the other thing that's happening in this country. It's the biggest story is you look at states like Texas, Florida, Utah, Montana, um, uh, Tennessee, they're just booming right now. I mean, there is a massive out-migration and it's accelerating out of my home state, Illinois. I'm from Chicago. I love Chicago, one of the great cities of the world. It's being ruined right. by liberal governance. Um, you know, look at what's happened in New York. New York 
It's practically still closed down. Right. <laughs> You've been open here in Florida for two years. You know, New York isn't complete. The simplest thing to go out. to a restaurant with, uh, with your family. Exactly. Right. So it's, uh, you know, there's a real dichotomy in this country between the, the go-go red states with great governors. I mean, I, I know you're proud of your governor, uh, Rod DeSantis, but we have other great governors yeah. around. Kim Reynolds is fantastic in Iowa. We've got Governor Lee in Tennessee, who's yeah. been, you know, fantastic. Uh, just around the Pete Ricketts in, in Nebraska. That's the real um, talent pool of the Republican Party right now is our governors. Governors. Yeah. So let me switch gears. Uh, you're, you're, you've authored a new book. Govzilla. Yeah. Govzilla. Govzilla. How Let's the relentless growth of government is devouring our economy. And and <laughs> the title says it all in a certain yeah, sense. Yeah, we started you know writing it about a year ago, and then you know it hit just as all this massive spending came out. Um, I think you know the first page of the book is just a, another quote from Ronald Reagan, which is you know government big enough to give you everything you want is big enough to take everything you got. Right. And we are. We just we, experienced that, didn't yeah. we? We did. And, uh, you know, it is true that we, you know, the, this country was founded on very basic principles of a very limited federal government. Yeah. Um, you know, my favorite, what I call the forgotten amendments in the Bill of Rights are the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, which, uh, when I ask people, what is in the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, most people have no idea. Do you know what there's in it? Pushes everything to the states. <laughs> exactly. It, it says, you know, those powers that are not specifically granted to the federal government rest with the states and the people and the people yeah we've, we've moved away from that we're right. paying a high price for it we're centralizing everything and this is why I think Biden's philosophy and the left's philosophy is dangerous because what they want to do think about this they want to federalize everything you know so uh, you know Florida's not gonna make their decisions Tennessee's not gonna make it. California we're gonna have the federal government make all the decisions and that you know the whole idea of America it, it was really kind of ingenious our, founding, our founding fathers were <laughs> incredibly ingenious men and they realized we appreciate the Constitution more every day right exactly and right. they realized the best way is you know let as, as uh, uh, I think it was Brandeis said that the states are laboratories of democracy the the other states of the country learn from what Florida did right. they were looking at the Santa's say we want what he's got, right. Right? where people can actually go to businesses, they can go to restaurants. That, you know, and incidentally, we've just done a new study that you'll be interested in where we looked at um, how the states uh, and the governors dealt with the COVID crisis, because it's basically two years now since it hit right. these shores. And so we have a lot of good data on death rates, on what happened to the schools, what happened to the economy, what happened to small businesses. So we aggregated all this data and we have some of the best economists in the world who worked on this with us. And what we found was that the states that did the best job in terms of keeping their, their citizens healthy, keeping their economy functioning, and keeping their kids in schools without you know, causing health problems were states like Nebraska, states like Iowa, states like Florida, states like Texas, Tennessee, and I bet you can guess which states were at the bottom. Right. New York, New Jersey, California, Illinois, Michigan. Um, so leadership matters. Did the study uh, include the impacts of being isolated all those? Well, so that that we estimate right now that, um, in fact, that's a separate study, but it, it's uh, one of the top academicians, and he finds that there are probably about 200,000 excess deaths due to what we call deaths of despair. So, you know, you, you lock people in their homes and you lock, force them to lose their jobs. A lot of those, it's actually tragic. You know what the single biggest cause of death was? No. Uh, drug and alcohol. Drug and alcohol. So that's sad. And, and we did this. We did this to our citizens. Never again. That's the lesson of COVID. 
never, never, never again should we lock down uh, our great engine of growth, which is our economy. So what is your advice to our viewers uh, on a go-forward basis? You know, we're I mean, in terms of heading, investing? Or? Well, no, no, not investing, <laughs> but the, where, where is the, the economy headed and, and what is the future for uh, the American economy? Well, look, this, um, this idea of having Nancy, Pel the, the unholy trinity of Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden is a, is a catastrophe. It's a catastrophe. And I'm not, I'm not a rah-rah Republican by any means. I, mean, I don't like Republicans much more than I like Democrats, but I gotta tell you, these people are crazy. And you know they are like kids in a candy store, and I want this and this and this and this and this without any regard to what the consequence of this. So we, you know, the Republicans have to take back the House and the Senate in 2022. That's, to me, the highest priority. I mean, the Democrats need to be punished for what they've done to our country. It's unforgivable, the debt. Your children and your grandchildren and your grandchildren's children will be paying the cost for what we've done in right. just the last, you know, and mine as well. So, uh, but that's not sufficient, but it's necessary. Then we've just got to reform our system. We've got to get back to limited government. We can't, you mentioned my book, um, uh, uh, Godzilla. We're on a path right now in the United States for government to consume half of our GDP. We're supposed to be the land of the free. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. If, you're, if your government is 50% of GDP, you are a socialist country. Right. There's no, right. We have to stop that. Well, I'm going to end and We will, that. by the way. I really believe we will. I mean, the American people are very sensible. They understand. They know what's going on. Only one out of three Americans right now um, approve of the way Biden is handling the economy. So I think there is a revolt happening. You saw it in California, you know, just about a month ago, where the in San Francisco, the, yeah, yeah, the school board, they, and that's a that's a city where eighty five percent of the vote went for Biden, right? And they overturned the school board because people want to take back power. So your faith is in the resiliency of the American, yeah, it is. American good people, way to put American it. economy, yes, and small businessmen and medium sized businessmen and successful businessmen and women like yourself, you know, that really are the backbone of our economy. That's why I said we can't. Just say, oh, you know, we have all our policies are going to benefit, you know, Google and FedEx and, you know, uh, Amazon. We have to, 60% of the people in this country are employed by small businesses, right. not these big companies. And I, look, I'm not against America. I want American corporations to be successful. But it's the, the guy who's, you know, I love that story about Hewlett Packard. You know, that company, the first right. computer company was started in a, in Iconic, you know, in a garage in, right. in, in uh, Northern California. So we need more of that, the enterprise spirit. And it, it, that flame has not gone out. So I'll, I'll leave it at that with confidence in the American people and the confidence in the resiliency of the economy. And uh, Steve Moore, thank you thank so you. much for joining us. Great to be in Florida with you. Appreciate it. Take care.